looking at Luke 36 down through perhaps verse 48 for the second time now. And we're, gonna, we're only going to do two uh, because I'm just illustrating a couple of kinds of problems that we run into as we interpret uh, this kind of story. So let me uh, pray and ask God's help on this particular kind of problem, and then we'll, we'll get to the very issue quickly. Father, uh, this one is a little more tricky, a little more complex, I think. Uh, there's a little less help in the context for solving it. So I pray that you protect me from error, that you'd guide us into truth, and that we would be able to learn how to think about passages of Scripture rightly from the illustration that we're about to see. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So perhaps you, you remember uh, the story, uh, verses 36 to 40 uh, set up the story. The Pharisee asked him to eat with him, uh, asked Jesus to eat with him. He went into the Pharisee's house and took his place. A woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining there in the Pharisee's house, brought, brought an alabaster flask of ointment and standing behind him at his feet, uh, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. And the Pharisee, uh, who had invited him, saw this and said to himself, and Jesus knows exactly what he's thinking, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is touching him, for she's a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, uh, say it teacher. And then comes this amazing parable by which Jesus exposes Simon's heart and really shows what is going on in this woman's heart. And let me get to the, the, the new problem that I stumble over and want to have you think with me about. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? And Simon answered, Well, the one, I suppose, who, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said, You've answered rightly. Now, that raises this question. What if you were in a small group working your way through this text? You wanted to draw out lessons for life here. And somebody said, Does... Doesn't that teach, then, that um, you can't have greater love for Christ without having done greater sins? And whoever has done the most sins is going to have the most love for Christ. And doesn't that then suggest that we should do a little more serious sin so that we can have more sweet and wonderful love for Jesus? That's a good question. That's a very serious question. Let's read it again. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? And that's a good thing. Loving more is a good thing, I would think. I want to love Jesus more, don't you? I don't want to be satisfied with today's love. I want to love more. 
Simon answered, well, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said, right. Is there not then a necessary correlation between having a large debt and having great love? That's the question. If you want to have more love, big love, don't you need big sins? And if you only have little teeny weeny kind of ordinary sins, then you're not going to have as much love. And don't don't bring in that all sins are equally bad. They're not all equally bad. And Jesus is assuming here that there's a $500 debt and a $50 debt. So don't, don't bring that in. Yes, all sins are horrific, and all sins are enough to make us profoundly thankful for forgiveness. But let's not whitewash the difference that Jesus himself is making. He's saying there is such a thing as feeling like I have committed way, way more sins than others, and I have, therefore, way, way more thankfulness for forgiveness, more love to him. And my question is, does that necessarily imply that there is a necessary correlation between great love for Christ and and great debt? Is, Is this the way, the only way to greater love? Now, what do you do when you ask a question like that? Well, you you look in the context to see if there's any help, and I couldn't find any help that would answer this clearly by what's here. Now, I might have missed it, so don't don't assume that I'm right about that. There may be something right here in the context that would give crystal clear evidence of how to think about this, but what, what I did was step back and think, think about whether that's necessarily implied here. And, and let me go to a blank slide so I can show you how I thought. I said, suppose Jesus was meeting later with his disciples, and he asked them, maybe they raised that question. So are you saying, Jesus, that if we want to love you more, we're kind of stuck with the quantity of the sin we've committed in the past and And if we didn't commit so many, we can't love you as much. What if Jesus said in response, um, who will love me more? A, the one I kept back from... 500 sins or be the one I kept back from 50 sins. And so here the issue is not whom I've forgiven 500 sins, but I've kept you from committing them. Who would love me more? The one that I poured out so much grace on him that he did not commit 450 sins. Or the one whom I did not pour out that much grace on and he went ahead and committed 450 more sins than this person. So this person manifestly received way much more sanctifying grace than this person. Who would love me more? 
And wouldn't the answer be, this person will love him more because he experienced so much more mercy in being rescued from committing 450 more sins. Or what about, what about this? Who, who will love me more? A, put question marks here. A, the person one I enable to lead 1,000 people to salvation or be the one I enable to lead 10 people to salvation. So here, the grace a converting grace is on the life of a person and they lead a thousand people to Jesus. And here, not so much converting grace is on and they lead ten people to Jesus. Will there not be an extraordinary kind of thankfulness here that will not be here? One more. Who will love me more? A, the one I strengthen to endure 100 days in prison, or B, the one I strengthen to endure 10 days in prison. And surely this person who has tasted so much grace that he is able to sing in the dungeon for a hundred days would marvel at that kind of grace greater than one who only endured ten days. Now here's the point. When you go back here, my point is this paragraph here, a larger debt will result in loving more cannot be generalized to every kind of love. There are kinds of love, kinds of thankfulness and gratitude. Yes, the person who has been forgiven more will be thankful more for that forgiveness. But there are many, many other ways that God graces his people and Jesus blesses his followers than just the forgiveness of sins. And we've seen several examples here. And so there are so many ways that grace comes to us. It would be wrong to generalize and say that in every kind of love, the one who has committed more sins has a love with, which outstrips every other disciple. No, no, no. There are other kinds of blessings that Jesus gives which also result in particular kinds of gratitude and kinds of love. Therefore, never, never, never let us draw the inference from this, let us sin more that we may love more.